Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Living You to Living. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Good summer to you all out there, all Visma Ski Classics fans. Our Livigno to Levy podcast series continues. And now I have a guest who really knows how to climb up hills. He is the king of the hill, the climb competition winner, Motnede Pedersen, and he has a new team for the next season. So welcome to our show, Motnede Pedersen. Hi, thank you, Simon. So, Motnade Pedersen, it's been a kind of an interesting year. We had a, a great season, then a little bit of the corona hoopla, and now we're in the summer, things are gonna uh, getting settled. Uh, but how have you been, and uh, what's kind of in your pipeline at the moment? Right now, I'm just doing some normal training. I plan to, just after the season or when it suddenly quit I, or stopped, I... I was thinking about doing some experiments, uh, get some new experience of training methods and stuff, but it's hard to uh, really motivate to push push stuff or doing too much training when you, you don't know when the next competition will be and uh, for how long you will wait. Uh, and also, suddenly you just get tired and you want to do other stuff. So I've done some uh, mountaineering skiing, I've small travel around in the area but uh, mostly I have done a lot of working at my brother's apartment after I had made out some stuff back home clean up the apartment fix my uh, my my own apartment I realized that ah now is the time to do something for my brother and he really need to fix up his apartment and now I really have the time to just added into his place. I think that's pretty good, you know, uh, mentally speaking, uh, get your mind off from skiing. Uh, yeah, uh, I did uh, some, like, uh, pretty much the same last year. I go went home and did some work and did not only focus on all about the skiing. I, I always like doing something on the side of uh, training and and only focus on the skiing so for me it's working very good and from formerly when I was not was professional in the long distance I also used to work in a sports shop uh, during spring and summer before the real season are starting so yeah I really like to have uh, something to use my body or head inside of uh, skiing you mentioned earlier that you had some new methods in mind, but what were you thinking? What kind of things were you considering training-wise? Nah, but it's always about to do some experiment, uh, how how much you can push your body or do different type of training. Not everything I can uh, share with everyone yet. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a part of uh, motivate uh, to motivate for uh, taking a new step uh, step forward. And when you can do some change in your training, you can measure if you have some 
positive side or it don't work as good as you hoped for. So it's always to test out new new training methods. Uh, lots of uh, Visma Ski Classics Pro Team athletes uh, locked, uh, locked in a lot of hours. They decided to do long trainings because the season suddenly got uh, uh, disrupted. Uh, have you done that as well? Like really long trainings or really long ski, skiing like 200K and, and so forth? I was I was looking at uh, it uh, when the Team Ragde boys uh, starting up with uh, or it was Hans Kisser Holund that start, uh, started all up with the 200k uh, session. Um, so I did a 100k skating loop with uh, some friends and thought, ah, this was a nice, nice uh, trip. And we had a break with uh, taking ice cream up at the mountain, eat some cinnamon ball uh, and monks. And uh, yeah. Felt like uh, six hours skiing was okay, <laughs> and then suddenly it really take take off with Eukland uh, and you are uh, they skied over three hundred k, and then you saw Tia also did three hundred k. Then I was ah, I don't want to do uh, do it on a twenty hour time. I maybe I should uh, really set a end of this uh, fight and just push as many uh, many kilometers that I can in some hours. So I was planning or looking at some alternative for a nice loop up in the mountains, like skiing a bit north for Lillehammer and also add the, the Birken course for a trek. Uh, but still, it was just around 300k. <laughs> uh, uh, I was I was mot- not motivated, but I have this uh, uh, what you call the competition uh, eager. So it, it would have been fun to really set a good uh, standard for the rest. But suddenly I start working in this apartment for my brother, and I didn't think about it so much anymore. So you kind of mentioned that, you know, the competition aspect, uh, when the season got uh, ended so quickly uh, in mid-March, did you feel that uh, it would have been nice to have more races or maybe just organize some kind of a internal race or something? So in other words, uh, did you feel that there's a need for, for racing? Yeah, in the beginning, it was like, oh, they closed down the first races like Birkin and also the national championship. But still, some uh, some organizer in Sweden and Finland didn't cancel their, their races. I was so I was looking at opportunities to maybe go and do do like uh, Norden Schloppe. I saw that maybe this is the year that I really can test test out doing Norden But uh, luckily, they also canceled that one. <laughs> Uh, after a while, you just don't think about competition. You see the situation how it is, and uh, do what the rest of the nation are doing: stay home, stay safe, and uh, hope hope that uh, it will end soon. And it seems that we don't have any roller ski races either, because that's been something that you always been eager to do. Yeah, it's uh, cross country skiing is uh, getting a whole year. We have uh, winter, the main season during winter, but with this uh, roller ski cup uh, during summer and also some big competitions 
also like Blink Festival and Toppidesek in Norway. You have uh, something to aim for also during summer, not only do the training. It's important for uh, uh, all athletes to keep up with the competition, uh, like uh, have your have some competition during summer, but also to be. Uh, yeah, it's a long, uh, long term from uh, end of season in April until you start again in November. So I think it's possible, positive to, for the sport that you have the competition also during summer. So people don't uh, miss out. That's true. I mean, since you don't have any uh, roller ski or most likely won't have any roller ski races this summer, maybe later uh, in, in the fall. Are you guys considering to have like maybe private uh, kind of race-like uh, trainings uh, with your new team? No, we haven't uh, speak about that. We we train in small groups uh, in Lillehammer. Many, or it's many strong skiers in Lillehammer, so it's no problem to have good interval sessions or only nice training sessions. I'm fine with the situation, and it's uh, just about keeping up with uh, some good training. Let's talk about the uh, the past season. Uh, you won the uh, climb competition. It was a good season. We at least we had a chance to do nine races out of twelve. But when you look back, how would you kind of evaluate the season from your perspective? But at the same time, kind of overall. Yeah, I was really satisfied with the beginning of the season uh, uh, with the start in Livigno. Uh, had uh, a podium position of second, and then uh, continue with uh, Lavanosta third place. Went home to Christmas with uh, both uh, Yellow Bib and uh, Climb Bib, so it was as I hoped or had dreamed about before the season start or planned. That it's important to be on from the beginning to chase a lot of points and always be be up in the top field to catch as much points as possible during whole season. And I had many good results, but not top uh, top results as I hoped for after Christmas, like 4th, 5th, 7th, 9th. It's not bad positions, but still you lose a lot of points if your competitors are on the podium. So the, uh, the gap uh, are increasing and yeah, it was not perfect uh, as we came into Vasaloppe and I had a pretty, or I wasn't maybe not my best shape and I had a tough finish in Vasaloppe ending up 1920. Then I went from third place into fifth place in the overall and suddenly the season also uh, shut down. Uh, and still, I had some of my better comp- competitions uh, in the end, last part of the season. Uh, it started good, but uh, end up not as I hoped for. It's just to bring it, bring it on to, to the next one when you're planning, planning into the next season. As you said, I mean, you started out really well and looked like that. Okay, this is going to be your season. I mean, you were, as you said, wearing the yellow bib. Did, did something happen after that, or was it just the fact that uh, the usual suspects, your rivals, uh, Peter Elias and, and uh, Nigor and, and those guys, 
pretty much just raised the bar after the the early season. No, uh, I only had like Vasilop and Ladjegunov. That was two races that didn't work out as I hoped, and the rest was pretty good. But still, uh, the field are always getting stronger year after year. There are more skiers up there, and then uh, it's small, small uh, margins uh, from uh, being on the podium or being like top ten. But still, it's lots of points from seven, nine up to first or third place. Then you are losing a lot uh, compared to to your competitors. But you won the uh, the climb competition, and that's always been your goal. But you have said in the past that you focus on on all possible categories. As a matter of fact, uh, climb competition being one of them. You like to be an offense offensive skier. Yeah, it's uh, my 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 way to ski races is to be offensive. Uh, you don't need to be afraid to, to lose if you want to win race, and then it's better to do it with. Uh, when you try to win the race instead of just go safe, stay in the field, hope for the best. If you are uh, offensive, you are setting the pace or the term for the race, and then it's harder for your competitors to do their tactic or what you will say. <laughs> Skiing is not about only about winning races, also about having fun and do your thing. Well, now you're in an offensive team. I know that uh, formerly team Amampa, now the team uh, Nordic Athlete, those guys are offensive. That is their strategy. That's what Kim said in, in, in the podca- podcast. Should yeah. fit you well. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to set up the team for uh, for the season and uh, learn, learn, uh, learn about the boys and also talk tactic how we how we want to race and how we will do the races it will be cool to have um, offensive skiers that not afraid to just go full throttle and hope for the, like hope for the best i know especially victor he, he wants to take the next step and i hope i can teach him some good uh, experience about uh, how he should do race and it's not it's not uh, not uh, wrong to just uh, go all in and one day you will succeed like it's better to try and not or not uh, instead of not trying just follow the pace and generally speaking that seems to be the case in many of our races we have seen a lot of breakaways which i find really interesting that uh, long distance skiing, Visma Ski Classics, is certainly a battleground. Yeah, it's, it, as I said, I think uh, this is the way race should be set up. Like uh, someone need to put up a tough speed, and someone need should try to get away, and then you have all will have more of the tactic between the teams. Yeah, I mean that is a good segue to the tactics. We've been talking about tactics quite a lot. Uh, that's sort of a common topic whenever I do these podcasts uh, and the kind of the parallel we draw between uh, this particular sport and, for example, uh, cycling. How much do you think that the uh, the team tactics 
uh, going to change in the future. Now you're in a new team, and you just mentioned you have a really offensive team, Victor, young guy, eager to do well. So the team tactics, I assume, will be mu- play a much bigger part in the future. Yeah, I think uh, we will uh, add more experience from the road bike racing uh, when you look to the tactics because teams are getting bigger you have stronger teams and everyone are chasing for victory both in the overall for each of the skiers and also for the team competitions it's important to bring in a lot of points during every race and for the uh, to collect extra points for your team and then you have someone or chasing sprints, someone for the climbs. And you also have this young youth competition. Like uh, more and more teams will think about how they're going to do their races. But still, uh, they need to adjust after what the rest will, how the uh, other or rest teams will act during the race. So more action, uh, more fun for the viewers. And how much of that did you have with your former team, uh, the Coffee, Coffee Boys, the team Coffee Brugeriet, with Vedle Tuli and Magnus Westerheim, good skiers? Yeah, we, we always have a talk before uh, the, the day before the race, uh, how we want to do the race, how we should act during the race. Uh, and, yeah. and it's also a good uh, about the weather conditions we had also this year some race with snow and then it's not that easy to follow the plan and normal plan you need to have two or three different alternatives to about how how we want to do the race so yeah we in bm bank we also have this talk the day before like how we should act and i think it's the same in every Every team, you, you sat down the night before talking about drinking or the feedings, uh, deliver, start the bibs, and also talking about the race, how how it have been uh, done be, the years before, and how we wanted to wanted to do it this year, and what what can happen, and tactical uh, or. Uh, Part of the race where it's important to be really on when you are racing. And your former team captain, Vettle Tuli, had a similar season like you. Started out really well, pretty close to the podium, but then kind of went a little bit of a downward, downwards from, from there. What really happened there with, with you guys? And, and Or is it just uh, just a bad luck? Yeah, I think it was just uh, bad luck. Uh, like Westrem had a... I think he had his best race in Vassaloppe. Me and Tyli was not that happy. And Stian Berg did a really good tactic effort in Vassaloppe where he collected many points for the sprint bib and yeah, really won it with his tactic in Vassaloppe. So it was me and Evetli was not that lucky with the race. I felt pretty okay but it was tough conditions and uh, it ended up with a pretty tough race so it's uh, sad to 
sad to end the season with a shitty race, but how it, that's how it is. Then you need to focus for the next. And you are now the, the, the mountain king. You are the climb competition winner. Is that something you are going to defend next season? And what really makes you a good climber? If you've been to Lillehammer, uh, you will understand that you always need to climb uh, uphills. <laughs> Even if you want to do an easy loop uh, or an easy training session, it's always uphills. Uh, of course, you have downhills, but first you need to climb the uphills before you have some easy parts. So, and always when I went to school, I have two kilometers uphill back home. So with a heavy backpack uh, And also some extra equipment for training to bring uh, many days a week. <laughs> Maybe I, I had some extra training for uphill or climbing, uh, add some climbing skills all, already that time. And you're certainly aiming at, uh, at that category again next season. I know that yellow bib will be one of your goals, but are you still gonna do, trying to do both? Yeah, when you have the opportunity to collect some points, it's, you don't uh, you don't give away points. It's better to just uh, make it hard for others to. Yeah, of course, it's important to defend the the, the jersey or the bib, as you call. It. When you are in position to take a full full pot, it's you don't just give it give it away. And it's important for your team, of course, that you get those points and you win again. Yeah, if you if you see it on the team side, uh, you bring extra points to the team competition, and to ski with the leading bib, it give a extra motivation. Uh, now the team will be pretty big or a strong team with the two strong ladies as together with the boys. So yeah, good opportunities to also fight uh, fight fight for top three positions in the team competitions. It will be more important to also bring yeah, sprint points and climb points uh, together with the overall positions. So speaking of uh, climbs, Yiseska Paresatka is a race where we have two really long climbs and you have always performed really well there. Three-time uh, winner, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, but do you think that it's getting a little bit harder for you to kind of, because everybody knows your tactics and your strategy so it's getting harder for you to win that race uh i think about uh, uh, do some changes on the tactic and last year not really aim for skiing full throttle from smedova in the la second uphill as i i used to be skiing away from the field together with the uh, petter eliasen uh, but I have a good uh, capacity to do good pace in the uphill. So as you saw this year, it was only the team rugby boys that was following. And I, I didn't aim full throttle because I know and Pet uh, are in a good shape. Uh, yeah, Dalen and also Andreas Nygo was in good shape. You, you know some of them will follow uh, still if you add extra energy to try to get them away and are getting away with a small gap and they are chasing with two or three boys behind and you have big chance that they will chase you down before the finish anyway so i was saving a bit of energy because it's it's only halfway in the race and 
still a tough part into the finish and you also need to have, uh, need to have uh, energy for the finish when you're fighting with um, three or four other skis from the same team. So why does that race suit you so well? Why Iserska Paresatka? I like the like the area. I think it's the atmosphere and also that uh, you have like the your shape is you try to be in good shape in different part of the year or season, but some something you not uh, always can uh, make your or sometimes you always are in shape in special times of the year, uh, no matter what you do and. Uh, also about uh, when you have fun and enjoy travel or are in nice places uh, really enjoy travel or uh, just having good energy uh, that's uh, a big give or an important part to also succeed you don't need to think about ah is my shape good or is it bad just have fun enjoy relax and then you also will perform good i think and now we'll listen to your former teammates uh, who have something to say about you. And after that, we'll talk about you as a skier. My name is uh, Vetle Tyli, skier and uh, pro team manager uh, at uh, Team Coffee Brigerie. I am here now with uh, Magnus Westrem, athlete in uh, Coffee Brigerie. What uh, do you want to say about? Uh, Morten as a skier. I think he's an athlete that not that very talented compared to other guys, but he's uh, been working hard for a lot of years, and now you see that uh, he's one of the best guys in the field, and that's uh, that's well deserved. You can say that. Yeah, he's a really tough guy in the steep uphills, especially in the uphills. Yeah. As a team member, what what will you say about him? Well, he's um, he's definitely a guy that uh, likes the things to be well organized. So he really takes care of the other guys on the team, and he really takes a responsibility in the competitions and uh, just before and 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 also after the competition. So a great uh, great guy as a pro team manager i uh, i feel that i can say that uh, morten is uh, is a is a team player regarding uh, helping out with uh, the waxing truck with uh, uh, fixing skis we uh, feel kind of a loss uh, losing uh, morten but also when he uh, decided to to go to another team we um, we uh, that gives us uh, some uh, motivation to to show him that uh, yeah we are we will be the the best team and most uh, up and coming team and uh, hopefully we will uh, beat him this winter and uh, we are the one ones that can pick nose to him now let's listen to Eusten Pettersen and find out what he thinks about you well i met um... I met Martin first time actually in spring when we started the team BM Bank. Uh, I didn't know him so much. I was uh, at the time located in uh, in Oslo, so I didn't know. I just know that um, or knew that he was a young, offensive skier that I really 
I really had big belief in him as a skier, and I also liked his um, his aggressive uh, attitude. Uh, first, uh, first time I met him, I thought that this guy will really be helpful for me to to keep my own motivation and my own inspiration and enthusiasm at the level that I need needed to be to be able to fight for the victories. So Morten is. Um, He's a really, he's a really offensive, uh, offensive and aggressive skier. And uh, even though he's quite shy as a person, I think he's kind of a leader uh, in the way of um, making sure that everything holds the standards that they need to be in, according to be able to to fight for the the victories in ski races. So I don't know why he hasn't stepped his game up to his potential because I feel that there is more potential that he, than what he has shown so far. Uh, the reason why, I don't know, but I know that he's absolutely at his best when he is, uh, he's charging, when he's confident that he could use his strengths uh, to lead the pack and to control the pack. Uh, that's when he's at his definite best. So I think that um, Morten is a great skier and is a great guy, but um, I think he has more potential than his results so far has given him. Now he's been in uh, Team Bambang, even though he was perhaps the he did the best performance. He was not the captain. I I probably claimed the, the captain role myself. And uh, we had also Simon Ostensen and Petri Lielsen. So he was not a captain. The way I know Martin is that he likes to be in charge. He likes to have control. He likes to lead, even though he's a shy person. So Martin, if you go back, way back uh, into your childhood, when did you realize that, oh, skiing is something that I want to do and I'm good at? Uh, I think I started with skiing when I was around 10 or 12 years. Uh, I went to the local ski club, Ilama Ski Club. Uh, my friends, uh, they were a pretty large group at my at my age. So we went to this uh, training, training every week. And these boys, we also go to school together. So it was like this social thing and you do what your friends are doing. And it's about having fun. You went there and did this training. You came to the winter. And after some years, you did competitions and you really, ah, it's fun to do competitions, but I didn't perform good. So ah, I don't think... Uh, I was so eager to do competitions because I was more in the last part of the result list instead of being on the top. So it was a pretty hard time uh, to motivate uh, doing competitions because yeah, it was easier to start on the bottom to count how many people it was behind me instead of how many skiers it was in front of me. Well, that's really interesting. <laughs> How did you turn the tables? <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I just worked on. I still had fun with because we had good uh, 
good group in the ski club and also in the area when we will travel in the local competitions. This was about meeting up friends and yeah, we did the competitions and it was it was like uh, how the winter was turning. You skied almost uh, competitions every weekend. And it was the social thing about it. And the year after year, it, some quit, uh, especially when we was in age 16 to 18, and you started new schools, uh, make some new choices. And then many of my best friends were quitting skis, but I still, uh, then I was more motivated. And I saw that if you add more training, maybe you can close the gap to the people that was always uh, in front of you. And that was my thing after a while that I, ah, if I should close the gap, I just need to do more or better training than the others. And so on, it's, I picked some uh, positions every year and suddenly I won some local ski races and also perform better in the national national races but then it was late late junior age like uh, just before you turn into the senior class so uh, pretty late but still i enjoyed skiing and then it was motivating to every year make small step forward and uh, see it's possible to maybe one day reach the top so you've always been a hard worker and kind of a late bloomer. Yeah, you learn that uh, sometimes hard or that's a, it's always like hard work will pay off. And yeah, when you get some small motivations with good results, it's easier to uh, jump into a new season, uh, add more training or do something different and just keep on working. When you jump from the juniors... Uh, to the uh, you know the uh, as you said seniors or the the, the actual you know the the men's uh, a men's team. So how did that? How did your career go from from there? Uh, when I, I I never been in a, like a national junior team or recruit team. I only ski for my ski club until I start uh, testing out some of the long distance race. Uh, then we had the small like team in the club that went for I think the first was of course we did the Bitcoin Löpe or race Bitcoin race and tested out Vassalapol also pretty pretty early. But the first really long distance race I felt was Koenig Ludwiglav. We went there in some of the first years and then I was ah oh, maybe this is something I want to do. And uh, it was a cool experience to ski up off the border and yeah, meet up with the different national skiers. But also you have this professional and Eukland brothers, the team professional was the big thing. When was it? What year? Uh, 2012-13 maybe. And that's when you realized that, you know, this long distance skiing suits you well. Yeah, I get a little taste of it and and uh, the first years I did both like some long distance race then it was not so many 
long distance race either. So we did uh, national races, uh, Scandinavian races, and some long distance race. Uh, yeah, I still did better results in traditional skiing year after year and did some improvement. But suddenly I came up in or get the opportunity to get into that time team experience. Uh, that was the real beginning of uh, going into a long distance race. And what were the things that you uh, learned or realized uh, once you joined the team back then about the sport? Uh, I still uh, had this, ah, I go with kickbacks and want to still want to do both. And it still was not so many long distance races, so it was possible to uh, combine it. Um, but you did, and it, I didn't did or perform that well, I felt. Uh, I wasn't so many times at the top 10, maybe between 10 and 20. But still, I enjoy traveling around with a, a with a, a team. And uh, Oscar Svard was a big star. He had a lot of experience, had won Vasalop uh, three times, and also uh, performed well in many of the other long-distance races. And all the organized, how how the team was organized was, was it was a new level, and uh, had like well organized training camps. And then uh, here, and I really had a fun fun time, and I also bring with me Esmeralda Bjerke and Roger Yupik from my main club. And, and then it was like ah. Uh, you're really looking forward to the next training camp because you had so much fun traveling with good friends and uh, and uh, and these people, and you had so much fun together with. And it was tough training, but still, you had so much fun when you are was traveling around. And yeah, this uh, best part of it. <laughs> and Oscar Svart, as you said, must have been a really big influence on you, on you and a lot of other uh, skiers as well. But what did you learn from him in terms of long-distance skiing and how to approach this uh, sport? Uh, I don't know I don't know what I really learned, but he, he was really structured and organized about how things should be in before the race and around races. Uh, he set up everything how it should be, and it was so professional. We was just ah, we can go with drinking belt and uh, how he was testing skis and all this stuff. Yeah, he was so focused on small details and, and drinking should be there, there, and there, and uh, he should have decent these skis and just uh, with the poles, it was like millimeters between every pair and. I just, uh, that's no problem. <laughs> you just ski fast. <laughs> if you don't ski fast or get tired, then you get tired. Not only small things, but after a while, the, you see that all the small details are a big part of it also. So would you say that you might be a little bit, little bit more meticulous now? Yeah. After you have learned so much? Maybe you don't think about it, but you, you have. I have it into me. Like uh, it's 
it's just a normal thing to I don't focus but it came naturally and then of course after that team uh, you've been in many other teams there with Eustin Pettersen and and uh, you have a great team there with him and Peter Eliasen and uh, and Seaman as well, and then uh, the Café Brugerie, now a new team. What have you learned from all these teams, and, and has it sometimes been kind of tough when you keep changing teams so often? Or is it just a part yeah. of the game? Yeah, it's a part of the game. Uh, like Team XP, it was, we had uh, this team in four or five years, so the sponsorship was closing down, and it was time to set get set for a new team or a new startup and with this team of Eastern Petition we had for three years and that where I really learned a lot from organizing, working with sponsorships. In this team we organize much of the stuff around travel and training camps ourselves and that was a really good experience. Uh, it was a short, uh, short uh, step uh, or short uh, stop in the Kaffebryggeri. My plan was that we, I want to be in this team for a long time and just build up this together with Vettle because every one of boys are living here in Lillehammer and it's easy to work together every day for a training. But suddenly Espen called me and he really wanted to build up a new team. Uh, wanted me have me as a captain and he already had good contact with the strong girls that you want to add to the team. It came up pretty quick uh, during the corona time. I need to have a time to think about if I really want to already change team. But still, it was a really excited, excited situation to be up in a long or strong team, be captain, and also work together with Despen, Kim, the rest of the organization to build a strong Scandinavian or Nordic Nordic team. It's certainly a great opportunity, but it must have been tough to uh, to call Vetle and, and let him know that hey, what, <laughs> I'm actually moving on because he is your friend. Yeah, that was really really shitty to make that call, but yeah, uh, uh, you need, you need to take that. Uh, need to go. It was really hard to take that phone call. He'd bring me into the team when I was in a bad situation uh, this fall. Uh, and we organized this really well for this season. We had a good season together, a uh, lot of traveling together. We are good friends from earlier. And uh, I hope, hope not that sad at me uh, after I make this decision. He's a great guy. He understands. Of course, it's your profession and you have to go wherever the chances are. Speaking of last year, it was a tough year for you because we talked about your former team, Team B and Bank, a really great team, but it went defunct. Uh, and then for a while, you were like thinking about going solo as well, just finding a personal, uh, individual you know, sponsors. Uh, and then Team Cafe Brugeria came about. That must have been a tough time, you know, a year ago, last summer. Uh I was pretty calm about uh, the situation. It was not optimal that uh, the French team that looked pretty good and had uh, was uh, looking strong. Uh, 
but still it, I learned that uh, it's all about doing the good training or the most important thing is to do the training during summer and pre-season but still uh, when you came to the season it's important to have a good good service team team around and it was never a real plan to go solo but I, I think it was a nice thing to just say ah I go solo maybe I go world cup do something else and see, just to see see what people around was thinking and maybe I I also hope to get some um, uh, questions from team that need uh, some extra extra energy. You probably just uh, create a little bit of a hype there by saying that, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And then maybe that's that's when the teams came calling. Yeah. Your your strengths, what do you think that you, uh, of course, you're a good climber, uh, but what, what else would you kind of bring up when describing yourself? I'm good at doing, or if you uh, talk about performance, uh, pretty good capacity. But uh, I, I think I lost uh, my all-around skills earlier. I was pretty good in striding, uh, classic stride. But after the years with most folks on the double pulling, I see that I'm not that strong in striding anymore as I was when I was doing traditional skiing. And my best part is, of course, double pulling up hills. Yeah. And uh, like a bit hilly courses will, are suiting me best. So I need to work on my speed uh, and finish, like sprint finish. Uh, I really need to improve for the next season. That's my goal. Mm, but if you're talking about training, I, I, I'm really hungry to do new things when it came to training, like testing out new training methods or testing out uh, new things to try to improve and take the next or small step to maybe increase the capacity, strengths, or other things that's important to succeed in the competition season. That is a good lead into the next topic, which is training. So, Morten, training. You just mentioned that you're really eager and hungry for new things, new methods. And uh, summer's just started. So what new things are you going to uh, bring in or insert into your training program? Uh, my first thought is, uh, or about training, I always think it's important to not do the same thing every year or time after time. You need to make changes to give your body new inputs because your body will uh, always uh, get used to the regular things or the things that you're doing time after time. So like only like doing training in different periods or different focus in different periods are one thing that I um, really do when I set up my training. Like a lot of volume in one period of the month and then 
focus more on strains or uh, capacity, uh, like intervals in the other other pairs of the mount. Mm. And uh, between years, I can focus more on strain training in the longer term uh, compared to uh, the next season again. So always hungry to test out new new things that you can hopefully improve. And, uh, I'm lucky that I have good contact with the test uh, test lab here in Lillehammer. I had a high school where I have a good test center and they are working really good with the, the, the ski club, but uh, very much cyclists, so they have good experience around road biking or also mountain bike cyclists. And it's interesting to see what they are doing because many uh, strong uh, cyclists are, are aiming here to Lillehammer or uh, are from the club or the top of the gymnasium. And you see that uh, Lillehammer are one of the most uh, succeeded uh, club uh, when it comes to athletes that are in a really high level on the cycling side. So I try to make some uh, or see what they are doing in their their training because uh, some things are really compared to or you can compare it really good to long distance racing. And then you can do testing testing on treadmill because they have roller ski test uh, roller ski mills so you can do we to max or locked out uh, measurement to see improvement or what you really need to improve year after year. And speaking of cycling, now Team Ramudden, they have a coach from that world, cycling coach, uh, honing the uh, you know the skills you know uh, for for that particular team. So it seems to me that uh, it's a kind of a good way to look upon the other sports a little bit and maybe take some certain aspects you know from those sports and then kind of adapt them into your yeah. training philosophy yeah i think it's important to not only focus on your own sport but looks look to different sports uh, to see what they are doing in the training you yeah you can see like uh, the team ingebrits and the runners from norway how how uh, high level they are in, uh, national or international uh, international sport as uh, track and field running and these things are i think these things are really interesting also now that you are see the triathlon uh, boys norway norway have like three boys that can be in uh, taking olympic medals uh, I think they split the podium uh, here last summer with uh, top three, all the boys from the same uh, team Norway. So there are good examples and sources of inspiration for you to uh, look upon in, in your country. Would you see yourself as a more of a volume skier or intensity one? Uh, kind I of think, both. I think I kind of both. Uh, people think I just doing a lot of volume training 
or I always done lot of volume in the total. Uh, I've done thousand hours a year, like last five six seasons, I think. Uh, but still, test out uh, the mix up uh, between uh, the hard sessions and the long, long uh, training sessions. So it's about uh, doing experience of what the what what suits me good or the combination of when you can train lots and uh, when you should do the interval or the tough sessions and how much you can combine together and stuff. And you mentioned earlier that you are a capacity skier and we have been talking about this uh, throughout the season. But what can a long-distance skier like yourself do uh, nowadays to increase your capacity, increase your VO2 max, and at the same time maintain the endurance? Uh, it's pretty easy to do both like double pulling sessions and running sessions. Uh, combine, sometimes you do some... Uh, long distance training and add some interval sessions into this one. There's many type of session you can do to improve, but uh, it's like uh, individual what you you need to look at what you want to improve and then you need to add focus on that thing, not doing everything together because then you don't will reach uh, good improvement uh, to improve on what uh, in one one type you really need to add focus on that one and you need to do it more than one week like you need to work on that for a month or two if you really uh, will see or have this improvement you hope for what do you think could be the uh, the worst traps that one can fall into uh, when uh, long distance skiers when they kind of plan out the training things that you need to avoid that you want to do everything at the same time like you add large volume you want to double full a lot because everyone thinks uh, long distance skiing is about it's only about doing a lot of double pulling yeah. and also you need to you want to do tough sessions to keep up with your capacity or improve also the capacity Maybe also add a bit of strength up on, <laughs> up on the top. So uh, that is the, I think that's the most, most important part to split it up in different um, training periods uh, to change between focus on what you want to work with. And from season to season, you can maybe focus on one or two things every Every year or every period, you can can't improve everything in one one uh, summer or in one year. You need to take it step by step or year by year. And I know for a fact that you guys, I mean, the Visma Ski Classics Pro Team athletes, that you use all kinds of methods, as you said, not just double poling anymore. You do running and uh, even diagonal striding, still skating just to keep the variety and make sure that you can raise up your capacity. Yeah, it's important to do variety both for 
keep up a bit with the motivation, like standing on the roll skis, double pull day after day is not that fun. And Lillehammer, you have many strong skiers uh, that's on a nas- uh, big, uh, they're on a national team and a really high level. And to train together with them is the same. I think it's really good to uh, get new inputs to uh, improve further and also to avoid the uh, injuries. It's important to change between training methods and have the variety in the training. What is your favorite workout? And then again, the one that you don't really like that much, but you have to do it. And I, I like the variety between train, training. Some training I do pretty much is like uh, a normal running into. I like. It's difficult to, to choose, but I think it's fun to run on the track when you are together with two or three friends, making two thousand or two thousand, one thousand, two thousand or four hundred meters. It's uh, you don't feel like it's interval because it's more like fun and feel uh, you go with the flow and around the track and maybe not pushing maximum speed but uh, have a good flow instead and still you get the high pulse it's not not what you're training for but still it's good uh, I think it's good for your heart and capacity so yeah running on the uh, Running on track, it could be pretty pretty fun if you are in okay shape or had had done some training or running sessions before. <laughs> and before we uh, wrap up this podcast, uh, let's talk about the future a little bit. It's always interesting to talk about the future. Of course, at this stage, we don't know what's coming. But next season, most likely, will be a little bit different from the from the other seasons. We'll see. But what are you hoping with your new team, uh, your goals, and uh, so forth? Yeah, it's of course difficult to say how the season will start and when it will start. I I really hope we can do most of the races. My goal are, uh, of course, uh, fighting for the overall bib. Uh, I'm really looking forward to start up, uh, get a new setup with a new team, and hope uh, like the new members that have uh, changed from traditional skiing into long distance skiing, skiing can succeed. I think I have a, uh, or I feel like I have a little responsibility when you are a captain and working with a new team that everyone. Can succeed. Uh, it's my rep- responsibility that the team feeling good and having fun, and that we can uh, build up a strong, strong team this season. Uh, that's a little extra motivation. So, on side of uh, doing good result myself, it's when you're leading in the team, uh, you can say, uh, then you can you feel a little more about. Uh, everyone on the team uh, will or should improve or 
have a good uh, experience from uh, for the season. You just said that you're hoping that we'll be able to do all the races uh, next season. Which one of those events are your favorites besides Isis Kaparesatka? We talked about that. I think uh, I like uh, many of the races. Also, Vasilop, uh, that was in the beginning, I saw that Vasilop was just ah, too long, it's flat, it's boring. <laughs> You're going there a bit too easy and slow because everyone waiting to get get a bit into the race before they are speeding up and I thought it was a bit too long for for me to make a good result the last year so I feel that I find my way to yeah, make some improvement in the Vassal Open I also aimed to that I could reach pretty good results uh, as I didn't haven't done yet, but uh, I think it's possible also with Vassalope for me. But my favorite will be, of course, Birkebein races, uh, where I have finished here in my hometown, and also much longer. Ah, there are many nice races around. Everyone has their specialty. Of course, traveling around in the Alps, I think. I had two or three days when it was was in uh, uh, start of the season in CFL after Christmas. Went to La Deonella uh, and then uh, Cortina Toblak was it? Now um, Marshallonga and then Toblak Cortina. I had like two or three days without sun. So when I have sunny days, uh, nice atmosphere in the Alps. Yeah, it's so nice scenery and so cool to ski around in the Alps. So every of those races in the Alps are, yeah, I really enjoy skiing there. And about Vasalopet, I mean, this was the, f- the first year that we had the climb competition point uh, at the top of the first first hill. And you, of course, took the points. Did you like that idea that it, it's so early on in the race? Yeah, I think it's... Then you will set up a bit higher pace from the beginning because everyone like uh, everyone just trying to go as slow as possible or as slow as they can in the beginning to just save so much energy as possible in the first uphill. But when someone are eager to catch some points, uh, then... Then they also need to follow and spend a bit extra energy to keep up. And as you saw this year, then, then you have a breakaway with uh, a pretty large group after the sprint. So I think it's uh, good for the, for the race to have some extra action uh, already from the beginning. And for me, it was luckily snow in the track, so I... I I just tried to follow as good as I could behind Holmberg uh, and yeah, did my best in the sprint on the top and luckily it was a bit tired, so I got got those points. The valuable points, but what about the long distance? I mean, sorry, long long term uh, future. This is the kind of the short term. You have a new new team. You're hoping the next season to be really good for you guys. Uh, but again, it is a new team that you are building up. So when you think about it, the, the years to come with your new team now, 
What are you hoping to achieve? Uh, I really uh, hope I can succeed to uh, win the overall bib. Uh, my main goal is to have the have the yellow bib in the end of the season. And hopefully, when we are finishing Levy in 2011, uh, 21. That's my main goal, but also I. I've only been on podium in much longer. That's uh, one of the three big, biggest races in the circle. And, uh, as the new expect this uh, expect uh, expect this year with the Grand Tour, uh, you also have uh, Jiselska. So you can see Jiselska is the fourth uh, fourth uh, monument. Luckily, I have uh, three three wins there, but still. Uh, it's also like much longer and beaten that are the biggest events and I, I I really want to be in podium in all of those races and also win all all three of them. So it's uh, it's motivating to do for you you need to set up uh, set a bit uh, high goals. Uh, I think it's important to ha- have uh, a bit uh, a dream, dream, uh, dream uh, to have something to stretch, stretch after. So podium in all of the race, hopefully win all of the big events. And do you think that with your contribution now, your new team will also be a force to be reckoned with in the in the future? Yeah, that's a, thing, a nice thing with the team. They they really have a have a dream that or they really want that uh, me want, uh, that I should uh, win the yellow bib, and they want to do all that all that costs to put me in a good situation or help me as good as as I can to receive that goal. So we will see how it's start up uh, before Christmas and how when the races are going on. So it seems to me that you're in a good position, you know, with a nice, good, good team. But Visma Ski Classics, the future of this brand, uh, what are the kind of the next steps from your perspective? Next year will be the 11th season for Visma Ski Classics. Is there anything you're hoping to see taking place in the future in terms of the, the Pro mm-hmm. Tour? Yeah. First, we should hope that we can have uh, all the race this next season. And but improvements is always always good. You have big uh, big races that should be in the. I think think uh, should have been in the Wisma Ski Classics uh, circle. Maybe maybe we should uh, make some changes with the, some of the smaller races. Still, some of the smaller. Are good, but you have uh, like American Birkin, uh, big race with many participants, and also Latrasseen or a big skating event in France. You also should see that you have bringing all of the countries in Europe uh, that are important for the sport, both for having team from countries like Germany, France. Uh, Switzerland 
to increase the uh, interest uh, all around, especially Europe. And also, maybe we, maybe we can do some uh, interest also over in the United States. And, uh, we also have uh, have race uh, weekends where you both can do skate and classic. I think that's the first thing we can improve that we can try to have two race some of the weekends where it's possible to do the both race like in Las Cambela they have also a skate race the day before we do the uh, classic in individual classic race and also Tobla Cortina where you have where you can ski both ways you do the classic as we do from Torblak to Cortina but I think the class no, the skate race are opposite direction so you can ski back again but but in skating but I think starting up with two competitions some of the weekends could be an interesting setup you are not the first one to say that a lot of people have suggested uh, that what about longer distances that is also something that a lot of uh, skiers bring up yeah, I heard some of them talk about bringing Nuden Schaloppe, for example. But uh, when you bring in races with that long distance, then you also need to have space so you can uh, restitute after after race or uh, also save up energy before this race because I think it's costs a bit extra when you're putting up uh, double the length of a Vassalop into a competition. So, but it's also, it's also a part of it. Like you just need to uh, get, get used to that distance as well. And what's your opinion about uh, Visma Ski, uh, Ski Classics challengers? Which is a sort of a enhancement to the brand. Yeah, it's great to get a bit uh, focus on small races around. They then then they get more partic- uh, participants uh, in the, the smaller events around, both in the roller skier events and also um, in winter time. So I think that's positive for, for for the organizers for the smaller events around. I think we're at the point that we are going to wrap up now. So I'm going to ask you uh, the last question, which is um, very different. Uh, your idols, who is the greatest inspiration or idol? And it doesn't have to be one from the skiing world. Someone who has inspired you the most. That's a tricky one, but... Uh... Uh, of course, uh, after Petenorto quit racing, I, uh, I never, I always inspired about how we have performed, if, if uh, performed uh, in his uh, career in the ski race. But especially when you after he quit, I saw different type of clip uh, on the internet about uh, from all his succeed, how he raced after. Have been uh, been down, or 
his comeback when he came to like Lahti. But also from early on, you have every, every all of his wins is like when you're looking back on that that one, it's like shit. He had done so many much, uh, so much uh, good uh, results and achievements, and it's amazing like yeah, how we had uh, what worked. It's behind every medals and victories up from he was seven, 16, 17 years until he stopped skiing. So, uh, it's, yeah, you get really inspired when you look back and really think about how much that's behind all of his achievements. Yes, he is certainly an inspiration to, to us all, and he's still around doing uh, lots of uh, long-distance races, Vispa Ski Classics events, for, for, for fun. But thank you very much, uh, Motnede Pedersen, uh, for being a guest, and I hope you have a good summer, good training, and enjoy your new team, and I'll see you in action come the uh, new season. Thank you. Good summer. Good summer to you, too. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.